Welcome to the How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show. This podcast brings you the most up-to-date and relevant advice, tips, and strategies to get your travel book in front of a global audience. And here's your host, travel writer and digital nomad, Jay Artali. Today, we're going to look at how to improve your book's readability. You know, spell checker and grammar are the obvious first steps when you're self-editing your book. But these don't do enough heavy lifting to improve the readability of your content. When you write nonfiction, you have to make sure you're explaining your concepts and ideas with enough clarity to keep your reader interested. If your book's difficult to read, chances are your readers will give up on you as an author and your books. I've been huddling away at my mum's house for the past four months, waiting for my chance to get on a plane and travel again. And while I've been here, I've been working on three active book projects. And one of them is now in the self-editing phase. It's a non-fiction book called Fast Drafting for Travel Writers and is a follow-up to my Free Writing for Travel Writers book. And if you've been listening to my podcast, you'll know that I've been talking more about this fast drafting process that I've discovered that's really helped my travel writing process. So before you send your book off to the proofreader, you have to make sure it's sufficiently edited. You have a couple of different options for fine-tuning your manuscript for readability. You can either pay a professional editor to review your book or do as much self-editing as you can. Now let's look at the professional editing option. If you don't have the time or inclination to self-edit, by all means engage professional editing help. For non-fiction book, there are three key types of editing that are applicable. Number one is a structural edit, number two is a line edit, and number three is a copy edit. A structural edit looks at the big picture and how your content is organized. People often use the term line editing and copy editing interchangeably, but they're not exactly the same. It's possible to get an editor to do both, as there are some overlap between the two elements. But there's also editors who specialise in one and not the other. A line editor looks at content and flow of your writing and focuses on the style of your content rather than the mechanics of it. And they suggest ways to strengthen your writing and resolve descriptive inconsistencies or problems with point of view or things like mixed tenses. Whereas a copy editor helps create the most readable version of your book. So as well as reviewing spelling and grammar, they focus on consistency and repetition to improve the clarity of your writing. The other editing option is to do self-editing. Now, self-editing takes more time and effort, but it costs a lot less money. I like self-editing because I find that it really helps to improve your writing for your next book. And each round of self-editing you do teaches you a new insight and raises awareness of your English language and how you use it. And you can incorporate the lessons that you learn into future writing. And that's why I prefer to do numerous rounds of self-editing and just work with a proofreader to give my book a once-over before I publish. I use a proofreader who also includes a review of the mechanics of the writing and points out when a sentence doesn't read well or there's an inconsistency with my writing. He's not a copy editor, so doesn't offer a solution, but it's a good final check by someone who isn't familiar with my niche. 
I write my books in Scrivener and I use the edit speech function to have the computer read my book to me. When you read your content multiple times, eventually you get to the point where you're not actually seeing every single word on the page and you skim over some words and it's so easy to miss grammar or wrong words. So hearing your content read aloud is very different from reading it to yourself in your head. I like listening with my eyes closed because then I'm fully tuned in to the sound of the content and cutting out any visual stimulus. When I do this, it's easy to identify wrong words, misspelled words or clunky grammar. The areas that don't flow stick out like a sore thumb and it's a great way to catch repetitions or confusing explanations. I use my Mac and in the settings menu I can change the nationality and sex of the speaker so I opt for a British female voice. The voices are quite realistic actually and not jarring to listen to. When I've self-edited previous books I usually stop the speech function when I hear something that I don't like and then I edit the section that needs tweaking. But for this current book I tried a different approach. When I hear words or sections that I knew needed to be edited, I highlighted them and I used a two-colour approach. So I highlighted words, sentences or paragraphs that needed editing in one colour and then text that seemed to be in the wrong place and needed to be moved to a different location in another colour. By the end of the first round of self-editing, my book was a colourful collection of sections that I could instantly pinpoint what action I needed to take. Now I work to resolve each of these issues until I'm happy with them and then give them one final listen to using the speech function. No matter how much writing and rewriting I do in Scrivener, there's always a lot more revisions to do when I get to my self-editing stage. But once all of my book sections have been tagged with ready to self-edit, I close my file in Scrivener and open it up in my self-editing software and I use ProWritingAid. I've used lots of different editing programs over the years, including Hemingway and uh, Grammarly, but I prefer ProWritingAid because it integrates with Scrivener. You can work on the same file in these two different programs, you just have to make sure you close it in one before you open it in another. So I just wanted to share my self-editing process in ProWritingAid. Each round of self-editing solidifies the content structure. And just as I think I'm about to wrap up my edits and send my book off to my proofreader, I have an epiphany about the structure that would improve the organisation. Or I think about additional content that would add clarity to my topic. This realisation triggers another round of new content creation, which means another round of editing. I have a love-hate relationship with these breakthroughs. On one hand, I've been working on the book so long and so intensely that I'm a bit fed up with it. But and I want to wrap it up so I can move on to another project. But after the initial disappointment of having to do more work on the book, I get an intense feeling of satisfaction that the changes I'm about to make are going to create a better book. I'm always eager to get this editing phase completed as quickly as possible, but it usually takes longer than anticipated. Editing can't be rushed if you want to publish a good book that you're proud of and you're proud to put your name to. There's lots of different reports available in Pro Writing Aid, and it can be a bit overwhelming to begin with. But my first go-to report is always readability by paragraph. I aim to have a mix between easy to read and slightly difficult to read paragraphs. 
And my goal is to eliminate all of those paragraphs that are tagged as very difficult to read. When I worked in my corporate job, I did a lot of report writing and the culture was that most of us had the same approach to content creation. Number one, use lots of industry jargon. Number two, create long sentences packed with information. And number three, throw in advanced vocabulary to sound smart. Now, this approach worked effectively while I was in that corporate role, but it doesn't work for authors trying to write books that readers find approachable and easy to read. I always start my self-editing and pro-writing aid with this readability report because I know it's an area that needs attention and I want my books to be easy to read. That doesn't mean that I'm dumbing them down. It just means that I want the concepts and techniques I'm sharing to be understood easily so that my reader doesn't get frustrated with my book because it's too complex or the sentences are too difficult to understand. My long and windy sentences often just need a revamp from corporate speak to -to day-to-day speak. When I look at the content, I realize that I wouldn't say these things if I was talking to someone face-to-face. So I can make those edits to simplify the language. You don't have to use complex vocabulary to prove that you're intelligent or an effective writer. The idea is to simplify it, not dumb it down to the lowest common denominator. If you do nothing else but improve the readability of your content, you'll improve your book tenfold. There's a famous quote by Albert Einstein that I love. Everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. Don't fall into the trap of believing that in order to showcase your expertise, you have to write something that reads like a textbook. Readers in your niche want to learn. They want content that is robust and informative, but they also need it easy to understand. So help them with this by improving the readability of your content. You've been listening to How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show, hosted by travel writer Jay Artali. Visit us at www.birdsofafeatherpress.com.